0: welcome back everyone to episode 17 of the vancouver boys podcast i'm here with my co-hosts marcus keller how's it going everybody and jake jude
1: hey what's going on what's going on
0: and we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, starting with the draft and there was a bunch of trades and whatnot. But before we get into that, let's throw it over to Marcus for our fake sponsor of the week. Well,
2: thank you very much, Tyler. Uh, I'm going to remind our listeners that our fake sponsor of the week is a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we will be able to get someday if you are looking for sponsorship opportunities with the Vancouver Boys podcast, always feel free to reach out to us at Vancouver Boys podcast on Instagram and TikTok or by email at Hockey at gmail.com. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by your local municipality dump. Much like Jim Benning, you can pay us a bunch of money and we'll take all of your garbage. <laughs> I don't have a tagline, that's all I got.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great,
1: though, man. Oh, man. Sounds
2: accurate, right?
1: Yeah, and poignant, because uh, that's probably going to be the first thing we talk about today.
0: Oh, goody. <laughs> well, I guess um, I guess after that, maybe we should jump right into that Oliver eckman Larson trade, hey? I guess we should. I guess we should.
1: So, Tyler, what was the trade exactly?
0: Oliver eckman Larson and Connor Garland for... Anton Roussel, Louis Erickson, our ninth overall pick this year and a second rounder next year, and also Jay Beagle and a seventh round draft pick. How do you guys feel about this?
1: Well, I think the important distinction needs to be made that it was one year of Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Anton Roussel for... uh, Remind me, Marcus, how how many years does OEL have left on his... On his, con- on his contract there, uh, market
2: market. believe it's in the neighborhood of seven. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not oh, a
0: six man. by six. It's a seven by seven. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: oh. Dude, Tyler, <laughs> every week this guy tries to tell us that Jim Benning needs to sign more six by sixes. So instead of signing one, he just goes out and <laughs> trades for a guy that's on a worse contract.
2: Clearly he's not listening. <laughs> I am utterly befuddled by this. Jim has taken some of the biggest mistakes he's made as GM of the Vancouver Canucks, waited 90% of the way until those mistakes were over and forgotten and completely forgiven, and
0: decides to dump them and get something even worse. I mean, personally, I don't mind the trade. I like OEL. I think he's going to turn things around in Vancouver. But the other thing is I really like Connor Garland. He's, uh, he's a really fun player to watch, and he's got a lot of upside. But I don't know. I think OEL is going to surprise some people.
1: Yeah, I think this entire trade really hinges on Garland and Gunther because Gunther was who they picked uh, ninth overall, I think, and we can get into that a little yeah. bit later. But really, this trade hinges on the ability for Garland to come into the lineup and impact the roster and make a big difference versus how gunther will be able to perform when he gets to phoenix or playing in arizona i guess they're called um and how he'll impact their roster down the line
2: i mean yeah i i see uh garland on the second line with horvat i think he's gonna look great on that line i think this is the best piece uh, in that trade of everyone in it he's the most talented player obviously that ninth overall pick has yet to be seen same with the second pick from next year but they're they're addressing the issue of the top 6. I have to give him that. He's addressing the issue that we needed someone to fill that top 6 role. Again, a mistake he an issue he created himself by not re-signing to Foley last year, but still it's addressed and I can appreciate that. We were missing defense and that's addressed and I can appreciate that. But geez, man, I would have liked it if Arizona retained more cap.
1: Yeah, how much cap did he retain?
2: Uh it was 12%, which works out to Almost exactly one million per year.
1: So that makes OEL's cap hit for the Canucks seven point two six million for the next six years.
2: That is correct.
1: Until he's what thirty six years old. Yes. And Tyler Myers is a six million cap hit for the next five years, four years.
2: No, for the I think for the next. Two or three. He he only signed a four or five-year contract when he got here.
1: Oh, I thought it was a six by six.
2: No, no, it was a... People thought it was going to be six.
1: Tyler Myers signed a five-year contract.
2: Right, so that means there are three seasons left on it as yes. he's played out two of them.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that means they have three years, $6 million for Tyler Myers, six years, $7.26 million for OEL, and they have, at present moment, for sure, we know next season they're going to start with tyler myers and oel who can combined will make 13.26 million correct yikes
2: but it is kind of nice to also not have erickson beagle and roussel who combined were also about 13 million so yeah it's just a different 13 million
0: man this to have
1: to perform next year to make this worth it
0: we gotta remember that uh myers was originally on the team still so he was still part of that cap hit so that doesn't really change much so we lost 13 and we kind of brought back seven but i could see garland getting somewhere around maybe four million a year but he'd be worth it oh exactly so really we're bringing back like 11 million that that's not a contract i'd be upset with at all well and he was playing on a pretty terrible team and putting up pretty good numbers so Yeah, he he was their best uh, forward last year on Arizona.
1: Statistically, he was the uh, third highest point getter on that team. It was Phil Kessel with 43, Jacob Chikrin with 41, and then Connor Garland with 39 points last year. More than Clayton Keller. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that pickup.
0: We have some more Canucks news here regarding uh, forward Jake Vertanen. Jake, do you want to jump into this one?
1: Yeah, um, unfortunately... Uh, it looks like Jake Vertanen has been bought out by the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, we'll be looking for a new team this year. Uh, little, little bit surprised uh, on the buyout, but um, if you know anything about the story, which I'll let Marcus get into because he knows the details a little bit better than I do, maybe not as surprised as we would originally have thought.
2: Well, this tells me a couple things. Um, One, the the fact that they're buying him out at all leads me to believe that the investigation they were conducting was going to either turn up inconclusive or innocent in his favor. Because typically when a player is charged with any type of misdemeanor, such as what Jake Vertanen was... um, The the team will be given permission by the NHL to just nullify the contract. There's no trade. There's no cap hit anymore. There's just nothing. The contract is essentially incinerated. The fact that he was bought out leads me to believe that as this investigation wraps up, it's looking more and more like he was going to be found either innocent or inconclusive. So that contract would not have been nullified. Otherwise, there would be no point in the buyout in the first place. I'm interested to see if a team would pick him up on, on a cheap deal. Or if he will just head over to the KHL, where it seems like this kind of stuff doesn't really follow players, and where uh, the the league doesn't really care for it as much.
1: Yeah, they're gonna head to Russia and make it all disappear.
2: Well, (laughs) there's no
0: rules in Russia. (laughs) (laughs) If you know the
2: right guy, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of disappointed that he's not gonna be a Canuck just because he was a local boy. But uh, it makes sense. It makes sense for the team as well. It creates a little more cap space. At the end of the day. I wish the best for him hopefully he can find a new team to play with and uh the Canucks can move forward from it and hopefully it works out for the best
1: yeah I mean like it sucks because he was such a high draft pick there was such high hopes for him and like I don't want to call him a bust because I know he had a few good years in Vancouver but I mean after this it's pretty hard to to consider him a good piece to the team
2: well, I, I think you have to call him a bust. I think if you're bought out within five or six years of getting drafted, I think you're a bust in, in terms of high picks. For people who are saying that uh, Jim Benning was an idiot for signing him to this contract at all, I actually disagree with them. Even though, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, Obviously now, knowing what we know, we wouldn't sign that contract. But really, at the end of that season, he was coming off the best season of his career. He'd had almost 40 points. He was looking great on that second line. And he was looking like he would be a core piece of this team. I even see why they took him over to Foley, just in that Vertanen was younger. There was a better chance that when this team is competitive and gunning for a cup, Vertanen might have been at a higher skill level than to Foley. So I, I understand it. Um, to me, uh, of all the things I blame Benning for, and there's a lot, there's even a lot that happened this week. Uh, but th- This, oddly enough, is not one of them. And and I feel like that's an unpopular opinion around here. But that's uh, that's how I feel about that.
1: Yeah, the news is just becoming uh, fast and furious from the Canucks this week. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been fun to, to watch and listen to them. And we'll get into uh, the free agent signings uh, all around the league in next week's episode. Um, but uh, for now, maybe we should move on from from the Canucks stuff.
0: Yeah, we'll move on from that. And uh, I mean, going from the Canucks and uh, and these trades, I think it's only fitting that we jump over into the uh, goof of the week. So uh, Jake, take her away.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard for it to not be Jim Benning because you know we all ripped them for the trade. But um, no, the biggest goof of the week this week. Oh yeah! Damn it! I keep hitting that button. <laughs> okay, it's the purple one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's purple. I know purple. that. I've known it's the purple one for weeks. Every <laughs> it's purple. Every time I go to do the what a goof! Yeah, I always pink. hit. The, you always hit the pink one. <laughs> what a goof! Yeah, so the biggest goof of the week this week has to be Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadiens for drafting Logan Mayhew, (laughs) who outright said, don't draft me, I'm not mature enough to be drafted, because of if anyone out there doesn't know the circumstance, he was involved in some, um, well, to put it frank, criminal activity. And uh, yeah, he renounced himself from the draft, and nevertheless... The Montreal Canadiens and Mark Bergevin went out and
0: proudly selected Logan Mayu. So, I don't know, this is kind of a this is a touchy one to jump uh, jump in on, but I feel like if he does end up playing in the NHL, he's going to be a very good player. So, it's one of those like high risk, high reward situations. But I mean, how do you how do you go out there and draft a guy that has just had all these allegations and charges against him and and he like he even with like publicly withdrew. So I mean it's I, I I don't even have any words to describe it, but uh definitely definitely a goof of the week, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> definitely worthy of its title.
2: Honestly, I get it. I I get it a little bit more than other people. I'm not saying I support it, but I'm saying from van's point of view, this kid came out and said, you know, don't draft me. I'm not mature enough. Basically, you know, apologizing, maybe looking for a second chance, um, but indirectly by saying that he doesn't want to be drafted because he feels he doesn't deserve it. The argument could be made that that in itself shows a lot of maturity, that he's, you know, not just going into draft interviews and apologizing to everyone. He's actually saying, I don't deserve this opportunity. I shouldn't have it. Obviously, what he did is very wrong and uh shouldn't be forgiven. It's not okay. But I I've seen a lot of people get pretty upset about this and I guess I'm just maybe not as upset as other people.
0: Yeah, no, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. Um like I said, high risk, high reward. Yeah. If he ends up playing, I I think he's going to be a great player, so at that at that rate you have one of the last picks anyways in the first round, so it's like it almost makes sense on why you could take the risk on it.
1: Yeah, they weren't drafting the next McDavid at 30th overall. Exactly. Yeah, not really a funny goof of the week this week, but
2: no. certainly worthy of the title. What is funny is that Bergevin, in my opinion, has jumped from being the most loved to the most hated guy in Montreal back and forth like six times
0: in the last month and a half.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of the way this guy goes.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I'm, uh, I'm actually up in Williams Lake right now. And it—that's uh, where Carey Price played his minor hockey and whatnot with actually some of my cousins. Oh,
1: cool! Local boy,
0: local so, boy, Carey local Price, local boy. I told you, I told you, he's my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the all—all uh, all my cousins and uncles and aunties out here, a lot of them are just die-hard Montreal Canadian fans. And so when, when that news came out, they were like, why on earth did we draft this guy? (laughs) Like, is he even going to play? But at the same point, it's like people make mistakes. Hopefully they can get a second chance and he can, uh, he can play for Montreal. I mean, that's just it. I think even a lot of the people now
2: saying, why did we ever draft this guy? They might be eating their words if he ends up being a
1: stud on their second line. Right. I mean, I mean, would you? Yeah, but like, this is gonna follow this kid around for his entire career. Yeah, it will. So if he's a star or if he's a nobody, it doesn't matter what he does, he'll always be that guy. You never want to be that guy.
2: That's true. You don't. But I think we've seen, you know, we've seen some players with some reputations and some histories move around the league before. Patrick Kane, and even some players with some. Yeah, exactly. There's a player with controversy, because a lot of people even forget this about Kane is that he was never actually proven innocent. The evidence against him was just inconclusive they weren't able to prove anything either way that's at the end of the day that's why he was let off um but that's kind of what i mean when and as wrong as it is sometimes with athletes that really improve a team and do great things actually can overshadow really bad things they've done in their past i'm not saying it's right i'm saying it tends
0: to happen yeah so speaking of the draft let's uh, let's jump into some of the the picks here. Um, Owen Powers first overall kind of everyone knew that was gonna happen no brainer um, did you guys see or did you guys expect um, Benyers to go second?
1: Well before we we get into to, to Benier or Benyers or whatever people are calling him Ers yeah whoever he is um you know even though Owen Power was a consensus pick I am actually a tiny tiny bit surprised that Buffalo took him because it seems like consensus first overall defenseman picks just haven't really been panning out in recent years you know like Aaron Ekblad solid defenseman probably wouldn't have picked him first overall in, in a redraft Rasmus Dahlin solid defenseman probably wouldn't have picked him first overall in a redraft even if he goes far back as Eric Johnson Definitely wouldn't have picked him first overall in a redraft. So I was kind of expecting them to go with um, Manny Beniers. But, you know, they went with Owen Power. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be the defenseman to break the mold. And uh, he'll come out and have a fantastic career. Um, that being said, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to the Owen power conversation, but if not, um, Maddie Benier going second to the Seattle Kraken, I think is really exciting for them. They're going to have a great young blue chip prospect that, uh, could just, you know, drive their, their franchise in the years to come. So could be pretty exciting for them to have that kid in their system.
0: Yeah. I think when it comes to defensemen, it's, it's really hard to judge a defenseman just because they're. Some that are so good defensively, some that are really good offensively. And if they're not putting up those offensive points, people kind of are just like, oh, why did we take this guy first? And they don't really see his whole defensive side of the game. But uh, Owen Powers looks like a stud. He was a stud for Team Canada. So I just, I think it's a great pick. I'm I'm hoping he pans out. And uh, Matty Beniers, like you said, I'm excited for him. Go to a new franchise. Looks like a great player, and yeah. Yeah,
2: I think that's uh, even just the novelty that comes with being the first ever draft pick from an expansion team. It's kind of cool. A lot of Canucks fans know who Dale Talon is, and they really shouldn't anymore, but they do. <laughs> uh, simply because he was the first guy that we picked. Um, and, you know, that that's just a really cool thing to have. And Dale Talon, I mean, no offense to him, he, he was no superstar. He was a good player. But, you, you know, he's not someone that I think Canucks fans otherwise would really look back and remember that he even played for us. But just because he was that first pick, he, he, it's exciting. It's something that a fan base can remember 50 years later. And uh, that's, I Veneers has the chance to to be that, to be that thing for Seattle.
1: Also, he can like, he could probably make the team. <laughs> like, they're not that great. I, no. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the team out of camp.
2: They're not that great yet we have to remember that that this roster in my opinion is gonna look very very different on opening night than it looks right now i think they have a lot of work that they're planning on doing because they went very young they went very very cheap and cap friendly to me that sounds like they're going to be
0: flipping some players well the way i see what the kraken did is they kind of looked at vegas and was like okay vegas is a good team now we're not going to be able to build a team that's going to be able to compete with teams like Vegas and whatnot for a cup now. Let's go young and, and try and build up our team in the next five years and then fight for, for the playoffs and a cup in five years. So I, I think they're playing more of a long-haul game than, uh, than uh, let's win right away.
1: Which is what expansion teams should have done <laughs> looking at Vegas. like We were surprised that they had the success that they had, but... Well, even
2: Vegas on paper looked like a better team than Seattle looks when they finished their expansion draft. But even still, when Vegas came in, people thought they would be fighting for a playoff spot, not dominating the division and then running to the Stanley Cup finals. On paper, they didn't look as good as they performed.
1: Yeah, did you see they were talking about how um, Seattle only has to live up to making it to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Easy, easy stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs)
0: Well, how do you guys feel about Mason McTavish? He went third overall, and I think the charts had him uh, a little farther down the list. You know what? It makes sense to me. Like, before the draft, if you had told
1: me Mason McTavish would have gone third, I definitely would have been surprised and probably not believed you. But the more you think about it, the third to the Anaheim Ducks, that makes more sense. Yeah. He's a big guy. He you know, he's probably going to model his game after Ryan Getzlaff. They're going to put them together and he could be the Ryan Getzlaff of the next generation for the Anaheim Ducks. So the more I look back at it, the more I go, yeah, that that pick makes a lot more sense than it might have uh, in a mock draft.
2: I have even my own little conspiracy about that. Uh, It was rumored that Benning was very, very interested in McTavish. It seemed like he was almost, it just had horse blinders on. He just wanted McTavish. And I wonder if he got word that, hey, this guy's going to go a lot earlier than our pick. I wonder if that's why he was so motivated to move it. I wonder if that was really the guy that he was interested in getting. And when he found out he wasn't going to be available, we said, okay, we don't want that pick then. It's worth less to us.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is when I was looking at the uh, the draft the draft list, I didn't really see anyone around that nine spot or after that. I was like, you know what? This is the player that's going to cr- come in, crack our lineup and make a difference on this team. So it definitely makes sense for me to uh, to definitely trade that pick. But uh, Mason McTavish, I'm excited. He's, like you said, another Getzlaff-type player, and uh, I think he can do some fantastic things in Anaheim. Oh, okay. uh, coming in at number four, the Devils selected Marcus's favorite player, Lucas Hughes. How do you feel about that, Marcus? Deep breath.
2: I feel like there's already an impending trade to send Quinn to New Jersey. You you saw the live reaction on TV with the Hughes family and even the New Jersey fan base when they found out they were getting the third Hughes brother. Hughes seemed happy for them. They they were both interviewed, uh, Jack and Quinn. But, man, as excited as Quinn seemed and, and as happy as he was, Jack was just overjoyed. And I can't help but feel that after maybe a couple years of seeing his brothers play together, he's going to start feeling a little left out and they're a close family. He's going to want to be with them. So I feel nervous that he could ask for a trade. And not only that, but we all know what happens when a player asks for a trade, their own value typically goes down because it's known that they want out, especially if they request a trade to one specific team.
1: I think more specifically, you need to be worried about when he becomes a free agent because I can see him entering free agency thinking, all right, I'll give Vancouver a ludicrously high number. If they sign it, great, I get all this money. But if not, I can leave and go to New Jersey.
2: Exactly. It's, uh, it's a scary situation to see both of those two together, especially because they're both projected to be pretty high caliber players. So I'm, uh, I'm as a Canucks fan, I think a lot of people aren't as nervous as they should be. About that situation.
1: (laughs) What do you mean as they should be?
2: I mean, I haven't seen this conversation much. I have not seen that many people talking legitimately about how a Quinn Hughes to New Jersey trade is something that's probably imminent in the future. Hmm. It's been joked about people making memes about it and whatever. (laughs) I feel like people aren't really taking this as seriously as they need to be. This is probably going to happen
1: wonder what that return would have to look like.
2: Well, th- like you said, I hope there is a return, because if it's free, free agency, that return could yeah. be nothing.
1: Well, I was thinking, like, if they are going to move, it would have to be what, like, Nico Heischer? God, what else does New Jersey Oh, uh, it,
0: it would have to be more than Nico Heischer. I know, but, like, what else do they have to
1: offer that Vancouver would want?
2: Well, we we would absolutely need an NHL-ready defenseman, and preferably a young one. At the, hey, Quinn for Luke, one for one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What about, what about like, a Nico Heischer and Will Butcher combo with, like, a second or Dude, something? Dude,
1: Will Butcher's value has tanked. He's nowhere near as good as he was projected to be.
0: Well, no, he's not. But, I mean, you're getting Nico Heischer and you're getting a, a decently high draft pick at the same point. I mean, you could always push that draft pick to a first. Yeah. Maybe Heischer a first and, like, a decent defenseman.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, but I
2: was even going to say, if you get Heischer a first and maybe even a third... You could then package those draft picks somewhere else and get another high-caliber young defenseman in return. Uh, but man, sure. I would really just prefer to keep Quinn. Right? He, he's a great player.
0: I love him. I mean, it would be a lot easier for Vancouver to try and package some big deal up for Jack and and Luke. You
1: think it's? You we think have, that would be easier?
0: A lot of. I I think we have enough young talent. Like if somebody like Podkolzin panned out, you could almost make the argument that Podkolzin and Luke Hughes could cancel each other out. You could you could throw a first and then another high caliber young player, Pod,
1: or Podkolzin and Hoglander. But even at that, man, like that's Jack steep. Hughes and Luke Hughes are first and fourth overall picks. That carries a certain pedigree.
0: But this, I think, this fourth overall pick, compared to when we drafted Paquoz in tenth, I think that draft was a lot stronger than this one was. Now, no, that's fair. That's fair for sure. There is. Come on, guys. Like,
1: no Hughes brothers are like no one of the Hughes brothers is getting traded anytime soon. No,
2: no, no. It's going to be. I would say minimum two or three years until something happens with any of them.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it'll, it'll probably be when when Quinn's contract is up is probably when something's going to happen or in the final year to, to try and get some sort of return for him.
1: Yeah, he'll probably sign a bridge deal this off season, so that when he turns, what is it, 25 or 26 yeah. and he's eligible to be a UFA, he can just dart if he wants to.
0: Uh, jumping into the next pick that we want to talk about here, um, Kent Johnson went fifth overall. We were kind of mentioning him earlier about maybe the Canucks would be able to snag him at nine, but uh, he went a lot earlier. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it was him, and uh, there was one other player that we thought that the Canucks would have their eye on. Do you remember who that was?
0: Uh, yeah, it was Brant Clark.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Kent Johnson and Brant Clark went, I think, fifth and eighth, respectively, which were both higher than ninth, obviously um so I think that you know looking back at it um it was good that the Canucks moved that pick for that reason alone because those were the two players that I would have thought would have been good fits for the Canucks Kent Johnson I think is going to be a good fit in Columbus they picked up another player later in the draft who will compliment him um, but two high first round picks for Columbus I like them I think Kent Johnson will pan out um I think he's a second line player maybe even first Um but yeah, I think I I like I like the pick from Columbus. A little bit higher than I think a lot of people had him going, but still solid pick.
0: Yeah, no, just like you said, um I think Kent Johnson's gonna be a great pick. Um I think he's gonna do great in Columbus. And uh Brant Clark. Would have been nice to to have him on the team, but uh I'm hoping that trading this pick was uh worked out well for us, so I wish them the best and uh yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see all these new players in the league and see which ones crack the lineup and uh which ones don't uh
2: yeah brent clark uh he is a local boy uh jake does that count as local lower mainland yeah sure yeah okay certified local boy brent clark did go eighth and um yeah play, it plays right into what i've said before is that the, the vancouver canucks it seemed like there was one two maybe even three guys that they wanted I think they became aware that none of them would be available. All these GMs, they all talk before the draft. Most of them know who the other one's going to pick in advance. If he had insider information that those players weren't available, that's why that pick is, that's why we traded that pick. That's why it's gone. And it would have been nice to have a local guy on the team because we picked one local guy who a few years ago who we bought out and another local boy who. For reasons unknown, we let go in free agency, and he's now an excellent defenseman over in Detroit by the name of Troy Stetcher. So I'm uh, yeah, it's it's too bad. Would have been nice to have a local boy on the team. It seems like those guys always, uh, well, usually do quite well. Hopefully, uh, we can get a couple more of those rolling on the team soon.
1: Maybe like the whole situation with Jake Vertan was like, there, well, we tried local boys, and we're not going back to them. Do you think maybe that had maybe had part to part to do with it? I don't think so, because Jake
2: Vertanen is a relatively rare example of that not working out. I see tons of hometown boys in the NHL working out, and I personally think they, they have a better chance of working out. Again, look no further than Troy Stetcher. It did work out with him. I have no explanation for why they let him go and decided that Schmidt who's much older and makes more money would be an improvement, especially considering that Troy Stecher actually just had a more productive season with a worse team than Schmidt had with us. So I uh, no, I, I think the hometown boy has nothing to do with it. I th- I still firmly believe that if you can get a hometown boy and he's the best player available,
0: that's the guy you take. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Moving on with the draft here. Are there uh, there are any other players you guys want to talk about or um, draft picks for their... Your guys' respected teams that that you liked? Well, there was one player in the first round that uh,
1: we had our eye on pretty closely because he was projected to go in and around where the Canucks had a pick, but he didn't. He fell in the draft, and he went to the one team in the NHL that uh, I'm just so glad, so glad that he went there. And that happens to be Marcus's favorite player in this draft. Chaz fucking (laughs) Lucius. (laughs) The worst name
2: in hockey history,
1: and he went to the Winnipeg Jets, my least favorite team. I'm so happy that this kid went there. Who knows? Maybe I'll be biting my words in the future. But I just think it's funny that he ended up on that team.
0: <laughs> oh, that just couldn't have worked out any better. But uh, I don't know. I think he's. I think he's going to be a good player with a with a name like that. You have to be a good hockey player.
2: No. You don't. In fact, you probably are
0: Otherwise, you got nothing going for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, buddy, what's your name? Chaz. Oh, forget it. Forget it.
2: <laughs> Chaz Lucius sounds like an NFL prospect that didn't pan out and then ended up on a reality TV show.
1: <laughs> to me, Chaz Lucius sounds like an NFL prospect that just never was a prospect he was just like always high school third stringer <laughs> not even come close
0: <laughs> like a uh, like a Johnny Manziel type player <laughs>
1: dude not even <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow worse than Manziel that's impossible
1: <laughs> but not a quarterback this, this guy's definitely like the 5 foot 3 linebacker that just plays that position because his dad <laughs> bitched him out of, to the coach
0: oh man oh that's funny Actually, one person in the draft that I kind of didn't think was going to fall near as far as they did was Atu Ratti. I had a feeling this was going to come Canucks up. And the Canucks could have picked him with with their second round pick, and they still passed on him, so I'm quite disappointed.
1: Yeah, what the hell? What the hell happened to Atu Ratti? Everyone passed on him.
2: I would love it if this guy just explodes <laughs> a- a- and becomes just way higher than his cap even projected before. That he was going to be. i just love to see him become like a first liner. Yeah. You know? He's the next McDavid. I'm
0: calling it right now. You called that a long time ago, Tyler. <laughs> the finish McDavid. Um, there was yeah, one other He's going to be better than line A. Yeah, somehow. I would I, hope so.
1: Somehow I think that isn't much of a stretch. <laughs> but uh, there was one other player in the first round that uh, was getting a little bit of attention because he fell so far. And that was Jesper Volstead. The, the goalie, who was projected to go top 10, slipped past uh, Kosa, who was projected to go after him. Kosa went, I think, 15th to Detroit, which we can get into Detroit's last few days. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, Jesper Volstead ended up going 20th, but not to the Edmonton Oilers, which a lot of Oilers fans had hoped. He slipped to 20th. They traded the pick to Minnesota, and then Minnesota came in and scooped him up.
0: I think that's a good pick for Minnesota, because right now their goaltending is Cam Talbot, and from other teams that Talbot's played on, he's not a goalie you can really trust with year. And he's, he's getting older. So I think he was definitely a fantastic pick for Minnesota, as much as I hate them.
1: Yeah, but I don't think anyone's arguing that he wasn't a good pick. People are just arguing that... Edmonton should have picked them because Edmonton's goaltending is Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of teams, oh yeah, and they
0: and they just signed Smith to a two-year contract.
2: Yeah, and speaking of teams that Cam Talbot has played for that need goalies, I think the Edmonton Oilers is one of those teams. You could make the argument. <laughs> Definitely. I, I I'm very very surprised that they gave that up. And for for what? For a second and a third?
1: No, no, no. It was a. It was just like. It was a first, and then I think it was a third. It was they—they they did a pick swap in the first round. Right, they moved down two spots, and then they got like a third-round pick. Right, which who knows that could that could end up being a good player, but like could but, but like, they had access to the top-ranked goalie prospect in this draft, and a, I'm just saying a lot of Oilers fans not happy about this one. Yeah, I don't blame them.
0: Already, with that being said, we are gonna jump into break here. And when we come back from break, we're going to look into a lot of the trades that have happened around the NHL. So stick around for that, and uh, you'll hear from our fake sponsor again.
2: This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by your local municipality dump. For a relatively small amount of money, they will take all of your garbage, just like Jim Benning. We'll be right back.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back from break. Uh, Right away here, we are going to jump into the Seth Jones signing and trade. Uh, Jake how do you feel about this
1: So yeah before I uh, give my take on it Let me just um, remind everyone What the trade actually was So the trade was From Columbus to Chicago Goes Seth Jones The 32nd overall pick In the 2021 draft And a twenty twenty two sixth round pick But going back to Columbus In the trade Which is a lot more interesting uh, Adam Boquist who was a top 10 pick a few years ago, I think it was 2018, Mm -hmm. a 2021 first and second round pick. So that was, I believe, the 12th overall pick and uh, somewhere in the second round. And on top of that, they also traded their first round pick in next year's draft for essentially one year of Seth Jones. But I guess something else that's really instrumental to this trade is the fact that Seth Jones then proceeded to sign a 9.5 AAV contract for the next eight years. So he is now the third highest-paid defenseman in the NHL, behind only amazing superstars Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty.
0: Wow, that's some great company. <laughs> Just two guys that are
2: way overpaid. So, so for first of all, the, the trade itself. Forget the contract. Let's put him on what in our minds would be an average contract for him? You know, nothing crazy. What do we think about just the return in the trade at all? How much they had to give up for him?
1: It was basically three firsts and a second. Yeah. Because Boakvist was a first round pick three years ago, right?
2: For a very good defenseman. Yeah. But is three firsts and a second, a normal price for a very good anything?
1: Yeah. It's a high, high price. I mean, like, my big thing about this trade is I think obviously Seth Jones is probably not worth it, but if this is what he's worth, what is Jack Eichel worth? Like, holy crap. Three firsts in a second, not to mention the first next year is going to be more valuable than anything Mm -hmm. because next year's draft is supposed to be deep, which we will get into in podcasts in the future. But I mean, the, the, the trade for Jack Eichel must be like, Two firsts, a blue chip prospect, a starting center. You know what I mean? Like it must be massive. And I think if a trade had been worked out before for Jack Eichel, then this just modifies it, right? Like the trade for Jack Eichel that would have happened had this trade never happened might have been a lot different.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think so. I'm just I'm I'm still trying to comprehend how much. They gave up for him. Again, not even talking about the cap hit yet, just about actual pieces of their future that they gave up in what really is a rebuilding Chicago Blackhawks, right? This
0: this isn't a move that a rebuilding team would make. I, I don't think they're rebuilding. Yeah, they don't think they are. I think they're looking at their team and they're thinking, you know what, This is we can win with this team. We have Seth Jones on defense now. So that replaces the older Duncan Keith. Obviously, he's a little more expensive, but he's a a lot better, and he's a lot younger. They still have uh, Patrick Kane, who's performing at an extremely high level. They will get Jonathan Taze back. Uh, Kirby Dak is looking phenomenal. They got Alex Debrinket. They, They have a lot of pieces. I think they definitely gave up a lot, and Columbus probably won that trade by a landslide. But they're, they're a team that's not not looking to rebuild, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, this trade really signals that, hey?
0: Oh, yeah. So thinking now more about
2: uh, the actual money that they signed him to. So after they gave all that up, Seth Jones and his agent negotiated a $9.5 million by eight-year contract. Uh, the reason a lot of people are finding this interesting is because Cale McCarr, who is now widely considered the best offensive defenseman in the league, uh, just signed a contract for only $9 million, so less than what Seth Jones is making, despite what many people say, saying that Kale McCarr is a higher caliber player. But within the same couple of days, they signed contracts that would say otherwise. Is this just Jones being underrated, or is this a huge overpayment?
0: No, I don't think it's Jones being underrated. I think it's Kale McCarr still being an extremely young defenseman. Um, he's, he's had a couple fantastic seasons, but he doesn't have season after season like Seth Jones does under his belt. So I can see why Jones is getting his money. When it comes to McCarr... McCar is going to be worth this 9 million in the long run it's gonna look like a steal of a deal but for right now it's definitely a, a high price to pay so I think it's fair and it seems like players in Colorado like to take a little bit less I think it's gonna be I think it's a little high for right now but I think in the future towards the end of his contract it's going to be a little low
1: yeah I've been thinking about just how kale McCar plays on the Colorado Avalanche And Seth Jones played on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I think the team that surrounds the player impacts their impact. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I think that's something that they took into consideration too. I mean, Seth Jones played in Nashville, right? Like, I've seen the guy play. He was a fourth overall pick. He was projected to go first, but fell to fourth when Nashville picked him. And that was one of the happiest days of my life. When they traded him, it wasn't. But let's just (laughs) focus on when he was there. And I think this is a... Overpayment for sure, but not by too much. I think Seth Jones will come out and he will be um, a fantastic player for the Chicago Blackhawks. But it's funny because the Chicago Blackhawks aren't as close to a cup as I think they think they are. But need I remind you, Seth Jones is only being paid, what, $1.25 more than OEL will be getting paid for the next six years? <laughs>
2: I don't want to talk about it.
1: (laughs) Right? Like, would you rather have OEL for his cap hit or Seth Jones for his? Probably uh, Seth Jones. I guess you'd be taking Seth.
0: Another thing with Seth Jones that you have to look at is this man is a horse. He is going to play whatever minutes you need. You can put him out on the ice. You can put him out there for 40 minutes a game for all I care, and and he's still going to give you good hard minutes. He's not going to let off he's not going to be someone who slacks off he seems like the type of guy that he is out there to work he's out there to do his job and and he was on a horrible team i think with with better players around him you're going to see he's going to look a lot better and and he's going to he's going to have a lot more numbers to show for it
1: he's certainly no darnell nurse though
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well there's no help of nurse he's in edmonton he's screwed
1: you know what other team made a big splash is um the Philadelphia Flyers, they have completely overhauled their roster.
2: Now, you want to talk about a team going into a rebuild, that would be Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, but, like, it's not really a rebuild it's more of a retooling. But it feels like a rebuild because the team is completely different.
0: Well, if they were going into an actual rebuild, they have so many other pieces that they could ship off. Like Giroux's getting older. Konechny's still young, so you, you want to keep him. You want to keep Provorov. And you want to keep Carter Hart. But the rest of that team, you could pretty much get rid of and just build around those three guys. Because you have a goalie, a defenseman, and a solid forward.
1: Not to mention they picked up Ellis.
0: Yeah, exactly. But they do have... Or they did make a few trades. Um, They shipped off Jacob Voracek for Cam Atkinson. And they also traded Shane Gauthespierre, who they were paying $5.3 million a year just to sit there and do nothing. So... It's also, do we
2: even call that a trade? Because they've,
1: I guess... It was a cap cap dump. Yeah. Yeah, they they gave them away. The
2: NHL, I guess the NHL has recently changed some of their um, guidelines because it used to be, even if you were trading a player for what would be nothing, you'd have to say it was for future considerations. This one was just labeled as cap relief. Yeah. Like, it was, they traded him for exactly nothing they said, do you want him? Arizona said,
1: sure. And Give they, us a second rounder and a third rounder, I think it was.
0: How would you feel if you're Shane spare and you're getting traded for nothing, but not only are you being traded for nothing, your team is throwing in draft picks to get rid of you? <laughs> I would feel That's, absolutely, uh,
2: like, I would feel horrible. I agree. And uh, it, it reminds me of one of the funniest things I've seen, like, in a sports movie was uh, where a coach and a player were arguing. And I guess it was a player that, you know, some, it was like a situation where the player had been traded, but the team retained some of their salary cap. So, you know, to even some things out. And uh, the player and the coach of his new team were arguing. And the guy said, hey, you know, you're paying me, you know, $10 million to do what I do. And the coach said, no, I'm paying you $5 million. Another coach is paying you $5 million to play against him. Yeah. And that, that kind of put the guy in his place. And I always thought, like, yeah, how would that feel to be knowing that someone would rather pay you to play against them than for them, you know?
1: Yeah, that's from Moneyball, right?
2: That is from Moneyball. Good, good, good ear there, Jake. Yeah, yeah that's uh, Billy Bean talking to insert random baseball player here. <laughs> I think it was
1: like <laughs> Pena.
2: It, it could have. I yeah. honestly wouldn't have even I'm been able to weird. tell you.
1: Uh, also, I just want to quickly clarify something. I mentioned that it was a second and a third. It was not. <laughs> it was Gostas a second and a seventh. Oh, so, yeah, okay. A little bit different. But still, big deal because a 20, 2022 second is going to be a big deal. Next year's draft is deep, deep. and We've been talking about that.
0: So, Philadelphia was not done there. They made another trade acquiring defenseman Ryan Ellis. So, we'll send this one to our uh, our local Nashville reporter here, uh, Jake Jude. You want to take that one? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry before you do take it. Do you know how long he's heard he's waited to hear those words? Our local Nashville reporter Jake Jude has been dreaming of that that's since he was like 7 years old. I'm hard. That's why that's why I said it. <laughs> All right. Well, before he comes, we should probably let him talk about the trade. Jake, take it away.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. So, backstory here a few years ago ryan ellis signed the contract that he signed which was six million a year and he could have got a lot more he signed that trade or he signed that contract as a friendly contract to david poyle so right off the bat when i saw ryan ellis got traded from nashville i was pissed because in my opinion if you have a player sign a friendly contract to your team you're a you are effectively signing an nmc you're not moving that player so unless Ryan Ellis went to David Poyle and he said, you know what, move me, trade me, I want out, which there is no way this guy did. I I can't see that happening. But anyway, they moved him. Not two weeks after they moved Victor Arvidsson. David Poyle has just been blowing this team up and I don't really understand why. He's got a bunch of these players who are still very much in their primes. Some small tweaks could have made this team a lot better, but instead, he's tearing it all down. This is kind of what he does. He has a team that's good, and then he tweaks it so it's a little bit worse, but not terrible, just good enough that he can make it good again in a pinch. But it's never a great team, and it's never a terrible team. There's a reason Nashville's never picked first overalls, because they're never bad enough to get there. Okay, getting into the trade itself. So the trade ended up being... Ryan Ellis to Philadelphia for Nolan Patrick and Philippe Myers. Then Nolan Patrick was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights for Cody glass. So Philippe Myers, okay, good defenseman. He can fill in for Ellis. Fine. That's fine. But then the the conversation of Cody glass and Nolan Patrick comes out. And this is where I'm going to take a deep breath. And I'm going to step back and let you guys tackle it because I've got some opinions. So in a, open market you can have either player don't look at their contracts don't look at anything just face value one for one nolan patrick cody glass go
0: for me that's a tough one just because i mean cody glass was put on a very good team and didn't really pan out who knows what he would do in nashville and then you have a player like nolan patrick who's been out of the lineup for so long with uh migraines and whatnot which kept him out for a while so it's you kind of don't know what you're going to get either way. Um, for me, I lean a little bit more towards Cody Glass. Glass
2: is a bit younger. And honestly, to me, Glass strikes me as more of a late bloomer. Whereas Nolan Patrick, you know, he's kind of had his chance. He's had a little bit in the NHL. And you're right, it's not all his fault. He has battled migraines and some other health issues. But that's the kind of stuff that really doesn't tend to go away. And I guess I like glass's potential more than i like nolan patrick's so i i'd take uh, uh cody glass i i think he's the better player of the two
1: yeah i really think it's nolan patrick <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd take it yeah. face value for that <laughs> yeah no i mean his his injury history is definitely of concern but that being said he's got games played he's played in the nhl
2: not good games
1: well not terrible games. He had okay seasons. Definitely not second overall pick worthy, but he he played some games. Cody Glass is still unproven. Nolan Patrick is a guy that you can put in your lineup. Cody Glass is not. Cody Glass has to make the team. So I'm a little bit concerned um, on whether or not it was good to move Patrick for Glass, but uh, time will tell, and we'll be able to find out. But all that being said, who wins this trade? Vegas, Nashville, or Philadelphia,
0: I don't think Nashville won this trade at all. Um, you're just I think Philadelphia that. <laughs> you're, fared it, very it, well. No, you're, you're just saying that <laughs> no, you'll never give the friends no. anything.
1: I didn't ask you who lost this trade, ask who won. <laughs> I,
0: I'm trying to justify to myself who won this trade. Well, it's process of because elimination. Nashville lost. I think at the end of the day, I think Philadelphia won the trade, and I think Vegas also won the trade because. If Nolan Patrick You've can got to be-, be kidding me, right? No, if Nolan Patrick can become the player that they drafted second overall, he has a lethal lineup to just slot into because Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty need a centerman. Whereas It's a good point. Philadelphia got a player like Ryan Ellis. You don't just come across I'm going to give Ellis some gas here cuz I do like Ellis. He's a he's a great defenseman. He's great defensively. He's great offensively, and he was on a good contract. And I don't think the return that Nashville got for Ellis was enough. That's the only reason I don't think Nashville won that trade, because I think you could have got more for Ryan Ellis. I think he was worth more.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a little more siding with Philadelphia than Vegas on this. Um, Vegas, you know, I think they did okay. Uh, but, yeah, F- Philadelphia, a- again, just with all the moves that they're making in their roster – Ellis is a really good leadership-type guy, and he can back it up on the ice. So I think that for a new group, he's going to be a fundamental piece for them.
1: Yeah, usually they say the team that got the best player won the trade, and Ellis is obviously the best player in this trade. Uh, so, yeah, Philly wins the wins the trade. But um, let's check back in. Let's see what kind of season Felipe Myers has. But I guess we're just going to have to keep our eye on the time until that time comes. What time is it, Jake? Oh yeah, I guess I I guess I should probably check the time. Oh, it looks like it's time for Tyler Tyler's surprise. surprise
2: headline. Oh yeah. It'll make you laugh. <laughs> It'll make you cry. It might make you go missing and wake up in a gutter. It's Tyler's surprise headline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is an interesting this is an interesting story and it comes from Indiana.
1: Indiana.
2: Have we been to Indiana yet? Not in Tyler's surprise headline. We haven't.
0: I don't think we have. Okay. I think this is the first.
1: new territory this week.
0: The police catch the serial pooper <laughs> after wrong woman gets a bum rap in Indiana. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I have no comprehension of what you just said. So the, the serial pooper has right. been caught, and
0: what else happened? A small-town jogger is in deep after being accused of a serial public defecation case, according to the police. Authorities say they've cracked the case of a woman who has been pooping on neighborhood lawns during her early morning jogs through the town.
2: I have so many <laughs> questions.
0: <Dude. laughs> O- officers urged the unidentified woman to speak, <laughs> to seek professional <laughs> okay. help. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and now now it's funny because residents of that neighborhood are putting up signs on their grass saying "no pooping," <laughs> and it's literally it's literally got like a person in a circle with like a cross through it.
1: Oh my! In oh, like the crotch <laughs> positions. <laughs>
0: Yeah, pretty much <laughs> Oh, man I can't believe that, uh, like, in
1: 2021 We have to tell people not to take a shit in other people's lines Yeah I'm surprised like, that
0: more places don't have to do that <laughs> Yeah You know, just going for my Normal, early morning run I just, Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna take a dump on this person's lawn <laughs> today it's Looking.
1: It's looking extra green. You know, you know what amazes me about this story, though? It's that, like, it wasn't just, like, one place. It's that this lady, <laughs> she oh, has a yeah. route. Instead of, yeah. like, a paper route, She's like, a shitting route.
2: Yeah, she is the serial pooper. <laughs> how, how long has this been going on for? Like, how many... Because here's the thing. As weird as it is, I get it. You know, you go out for a run. You maybe misjudge how far you are from home. Something has to be done, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. too
1: many raisin bran
2: before you left. Yeah, ex- exactly. Fine, whatever. But like, how, so this is just part of her daily routine. This is like yeah. she did it once and went, hmm, that was fine. Yeah, There's she- no repercussions for this.
1: <laughs> she gets up in the morning, throws on her jogging sweater, heads out the door, runs around the block and then shits on her neighbor's lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I think just continues her run.
0: So this literally says... That last week she did it to four different yards down the street, and every yard or every time she's skipping a yard. That's kind of impressive. And <laughs> I'm how, Yeah, and how? The, and how they know it's her is because she leaves like toilet paper as her little calling card. So this is a game. So she. Yeah. Oh my she god! She is literally marking her territory. This is
2: just, this is fun. She's enjoying it. This isn't just like I don't care if I'm not close to home. I'll drop my pants anywhere. This is like she plans this shit out. That's literally, great- yeah. yeah, like literally she she plans goes her
1: shit out.
0: <laughs> my God, like she goes for runs and carries toilet paper with her. Like she's ready. At this
1: point, I'm convinced she's not a jogger. She's just. Running two people's houses to shit on their lawn. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's, right. It's, it's, the She's exercise yeah. between is
2: just like a happy, <laughs> yeah. like the icing on the cake here.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if this woman doesn't own a car. So she just says, oh, I'm just out for a jog and had to, you know what I mean? Oh, if yeah. she had a car though, she'd just drive from and, house and, to house <laughs> and shit
0: on people's lawn. And you know what's funny? Is <laughs> she <laughs> wasn't even the first one that was brought in somebody was
2: falsely arrested for can you it? imagine having to explain that like someone has to pay your bail you're sitting there and they're like like you know I'm sitting there right Jake comes in he's like Marcus tell me what that cop just told me isn't
1: true right you sit there like I swear to god dude it's not me well, I think it's like what evidence did they have against the guy <laughs> like you look like someone that would shit in my lawn <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's hilarious just that one person in the neighborhood that no one really likes they're they all get must, together they like been probably him <laughs> oh man oh that's awesome
1: that was a great story oh i can't wait to hear what you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to like add that into next week's like lead up to this well, we'll see. i can already hear it <laughs> yeah I'm
2: still gonna ask you what it was about, and then I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, do you're it. Gonna forget. But... <laughs> yeah, as is customary every week. Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, I don't think there's any better way to wrap this episode up. So, uh, if you're looking to get a hold of us, you can email us at vancouverboyshockey at gmail dot com or on our social medias, TikTok and Instagram at the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Um, we look forward to hearing from you guys next week and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. See you on the next one.
1: Thanks for hanging out with us. Peace. Peace.